what do T and I think is coming in the future of Clash of Clans? Find out right now on the Clash Bit. Welcome to the Clash Tips. This is Tip Dog 20. Of course, as you all know from last week's episode, I have my OP co-host. Call Me T is with me. T, you doing okay tonight? Doing great, man. I'm excited to talk about our predictions coming to Clash of Clans in the next update and when that update might be. But first, I'd love to talk about clan games this month. Yeah, what do you think, Tip? Uh, so you kind of predicted it. Was it on the last episode or two episodes ago where you said that they were going to have to do a good clan games because everybody was so peeved about the bad clan games last month. And then we just had kind of a down month. We saw less participation. I don't know about you, but I've definitely noticed more participation. Do you think that that's because of clan games and clan games being so good? Or do you think that that's a, and it has an impact in that arena at all? I think Supercell is smarter than we sometimes give them credit for. (laughs) I think they know, you know, everybody kind of goes away in August. Um, You know, that's like the most popular vacation month, uh, at least in the United States. Mm -hmm. And then school starts. And so they know they got to ramp up the hype as people are going back to school. They're trying to like recapture that, you know, high school, college age student that's maybe coming off their summer vacation and not really looking to play clash but they gotta they gotta hype it up and I, I think they did a really good job i think the clash anniversary stuff in the beginning of the month was very generous we got a whole bunch of stuff the clan games was awesome i think mm-hmm. <laughs> i think yeah. it's probably the most generous one they've done and then Ever. the, the I mean, random uh the random book of building out of yeah. nowhere well that was and cool. i didn't know that was a shocker like we just woke up one morning and it was there mm-hmm. I, I it feels odd to me i mean they had <laughs> what four days four or five days of clash anniversary then mm. we hear nothing we have an awesome clan games lots of hype starting to come up from the game and then boom one morning we wake up and happy clash anniversary here's a book of building i was awestruck i had no clue as to why they would just kind of throw that in to me it didn't seem like it served a purpose unless there's an update coming i think it's a little bit of a nod i think supercell is teasing and the shops uh shop offers that they put into the game recently especially that $50 one the $50 one that had seven books and six runes that's like very rare that they give that generous of an offer even at $50 usually at $50 you're lucky if you get five books and three or four runes Mm. and I I held off I didn't buy that yet i think there's still a few hours as of <laughs> as we're recording Do i've it. been tempted because <laughs> i have a lot of stacked uh books and this would what? be what does your budget say i'm curious <laughs> my my budget has actually been blown out by a couple of board games that i, oh, I backed on kickstarter wah, so wah, that, wah. i know that's kind of why i'm like all right I, you gotta hold back a little bit Oh, that's um, so funny. And, they, and you know, Supercell usually does some cool stuff for Halloween that I'll, I'll usually support. And I we know that there's the scenery coming, so that I'm kind of waiting to purchase that one. That mm-hmm. one, uh, you know, I, I mentioned previously that Halloween's my favorite season. I really want a Halloween scenery, and I was sad that they didn't release one last year. So if they release one this year, I, I don't even care. <laughs> if it's Halloween themed, I'm buying it. That's so funny. <laughs> well, you have my money. <laughs> you skip that super cool party scenery, which I have on my base. That's actually the very first scenery that I've ever bought since I mm-hmm. started playing the game. I just had the natural scene. I, I'm 
I'm very cheap and I'm, we're very much alike in that sense where I have a budget and I have categories in my budget and I never wanted to waste 10 bucks on a scenery when I'm like, I'm not even going to care. Like, I just care about the game. I just care about war. And so whenever I saw that scenery though, I was like, this is too cool to pass up and I had to buy it. And I cannot believe that you passed on it. I know. I know. I, I already have so many. And I, who knows, maybe, maybe by next year, I'm going to be kicking myself that I didn't purchase that one, but I still like you, I want to stick my budget. I want to not overspend on things and I want to have money to do other stuff. That's not clash of clans related. <laughs> and, and so I knew I was going to buy the scenery in October. Mm. And I, if, if Supercell hadn't put out that poll where we would vote on which Halloween scenery we were going to get, I would have bought it. I would have bought mm. that, I, you know, in an instant because yeah, it was animated and it's cool. Yeah. It's, it looks awesome. Yeah. But, and you, you knew that the Halloween scenery was coming. And so that's why you showed discipline, you showed restraint. And, right. and everybody right now is rolling their eyes at us. And I totally agree. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm a dummy. I should have bought it. What am I going to say? Did you finish the most recent event based challenge? I did not. <laughs> And I, uh, I tried it a couple times. I watched Itzy's video and then I was like, oh, I got a couple days to do this. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot about it. I completely forgot about it. I was just, you know, we were trying to do our CWL lineups and I don't know, I got busy with work. I just yeah. completely forgot. So I, as you know, we recently uh, had Ink over and he taught me how to Blizzard. Ink and Miss P came to SOG and we just spent a couple hours talking about Blizzard. I ran some practice runs and I really learned how to do it really well. So thank you, uh, Ink. That was huge. Uh, we also have an episode coming out in a couple weeks that's going to feature Hero, who evidently that's pretty much the only attack that he uses. He uses that all the time on almost every base he hits. So I'm really looking forward to talking to him about the blizzard, but I hit it. And the first time that I hit it, I'm, I was looking for good blizzarding spots. And I don't know if you remember, but there was a teeny tiny channel right next to the town hall. Uh, there was a single Inferno tower. The Eagle was right next to that little channel. And my first thought was I I'm going to put my super wizards, right there in that teeny tiny little channel. And I'm going to take out at least the Inferno Tower and at least the Eagle. And so I did it and it worked. And I went through my attack. I actually sued uh, my heroes into the town hall, put my dragon riders down, but I had no clue what to do with the clone. I had not mm -hmm. watched the attack. I think it was Gaku that or stars. Mm -hmm. It may have been stars that those, did yeah, the attack. The walkers, yeah. And I, I, I didn't know what to do with this seemingly extra clone spell. So I brought my dragon riders in from about two o'clock. They swept through the base. He, uh, I had three uh, headhunters tome them through with my warden. They took down the RC. They took down the queen. Everything's beautiful. And I came just short at like 96% on my first attack. So I felt like I did okay, but I just did not understand what this clone was for. I threw it down in the middle on a bunch of grouped up dragon riders, hoping that that's what it was for, but it pretty much went to waste. So, <laughs> yeah. so I tried a few other different ways and I just could not three-star it. I tried entering from the nine o'clock side. I tried entering from the bottom. I tried blizzarding in different spots on the base. Finally, I got so fed up. I said, you know what? I'm just going to watch the Itsu video. I watched this, you do it. 
and it took me 12 tries. Even after watching his video, I, I blizzarded in the exact place that he did. And I kept time failing and time failing and time failing. I don't know how many attacks I got with like a 98 or a 99%. Finally, on the 12th time that I attacked it, I finally three started. So I, I did that get is a it. Journey. <laughs> <laughs> but that also signifies how much more I enjoy these types of challenges from Supercell than I do the puzzle challenges. I mean, I enjoy the puzzle challenges, but I think it was Mark that we were talking to when he mentioned that he doesn't enjoy the puzzle challenges because it doesn't really apply much to war and end game, but he really right. enjoys these war focused challenges because it's, it's a quote unquote real life scenario. So no, what do you think about those? I think it's an interesting dichotomy to have both in the game and i don't want them to delete the puzzle ones because i think they're neat i think they're mm -hmm. they're fun yeah, little distractions yeah and i really like these i wish i had a little more time on my hands once my my main is maxed which you know we'll get into how long that might stay max but <laughs> um once my main is maxed, i'll have a little more time where i'm not under the pressure of oh man i gotta get these resources i gotta do these barge hits and I got to get, you know, my builders going. And to me, when I log on after work, I'm very focused on, I got to get the hits in, I got to get my resources in, I got to get my builder started if they're idle, I got to get everything churning and everything going and got to get, you know, my daily resource allotments. And then I never think to check the event tag unless mm. somebody tells me. But I like them. If they put them out more consistently, where we could kind of predict them or or expect them and be like okay yeah like around the third week of the month there's probably going to be mm. one of these challenges i'd be m more able with yeah. my weird brain to do them and i think they're neat i think they're cool yeah so you can set aside time you can right. be like you okay can do. yeah this is the weekend when the challenge is going to appear kind of like cwl appears right the first week yeah. of every month yeah that's a great idea i really like that so we had the 1v1 mm -hmm. eyg challenge i know that you have your town hall 14 entered I actually mm -hmm. had my Town Hall 9 and my Town Hall 11 entered. My Town Hall 11 went down in flames on the first, very, very first <laughs> matchup. It was absolutely horrible. I was so nervous. <laughs> Dude, I, I, Town Hall 11 is so <laughs> difficult, though, man. It, it's <sighs> like if you don't get a triple on the first hit, first try, you're kind of done. Yeah, it's true. But I've done pretty well with my Town Hall 9. Um, I've, I'm actually, I've made it to quarterfinals so i think mm -hmm. if i counted right there were 58 people in this town hall nine tourney and we are finally down to the last eight uh individuals nice. but congratulations oh uh, thank you but interestingly enough it looks if the brackets are all working out right it looks as if i'm going to have to go against alex from clash with style which we had on last week and oh, he, no. he was he was saying about how he's essentially the godfather of the 1v1 tournament since he does the alpha cup and mm -hmm. so i i am not looking forward to getting my face smashed and going against <laughs> alex and no 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 <laughs> you're gonna do great you're gonna smash him and then he's gonna come back and he's gonna have to be contrite that's that's what i think is gonna happen and uh, uh, I will not be quoted on this in the future. <laughs> Nobody's listening right now. So you're good. Right. Nobody heard yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Nobody heard that. That's not Alex. You're going to do great. You're going to smash tip and uh, you're going to come on and you're going to be able to gloat. And there we go. I've covered both of the possible scenarios. We're good to go. So you're actually in the quarterfinals as well with your, your town hall 14, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I <laughs> not in a, 
100% legit way. I got to buy in round two to get into round three easier. Uh, so I've actually only had to do one match so far, but we have three Sons of Guns players in the top eight in mm -hmm. the EYG internal 14v14. But the problem is we're both on the same... We're all three of us are on the same half of the bracket. So only one of us is... Even if everything goes right and we do beat the one non-Sons of Guns person in our half of the bracket, only one Sons of Guns guy can make it to the finals. Mm -hmm. We can't have an all Sons of Guns final. So you're uh, actually going against Cole, right? No, I'm going against, against Cole. Nope, I'm going against Psycho Ico. Our oh, previous, Psycho Ico, our, that's right. That's right. Yep. It was P.E. Uh, yeah, totally going against P.E. And he, <laughs> it was funny because he had a really tough opponent. He had one of the guys that was one of the favorites to win and beat him and instantly posted it in our chat. And we're just he, like, I'm coming for you, Dave. Uh, it was so funny. So I remember I looked at my phone and I saw this word come across my, my screen. I, I couldn't see who it was, but it said, lads <laughs> and then there was it was another one it was even longer lads <laughs> and i thought oh that's all pe that has yeah. to be pe so congrats yeah, 100 <laughs> yeah, good job pe that he he honestly i think he had the toughest match so far i know that hizzle had a tough match against mm -hmm. master shonuff who's a, a competitive guy who's really really solid um, and his old squeaked out a little win against him. So, you know, <laughs> shout outs to Master Show. I'm I'm sure he was busy and didn't give his full attention <laughs> yeah. to our little goofy 1v1. But his uh, <laughs> did a great job. I, I've only had to face one person so far. So I'm excited to be in the round of eight, but I don't really feel like I deserve it until I possibly face PE and see what happens. Yeah. So I, I had my first two matches, won both of those. Mm -hmm. And then my third match, actually, I won uh, based on a forfeit. So that's kind of a bummer. I was supposed to have it on Saturday yeah. and the guy just backed out the last minute. I think that's been one of the most frustrating things about this 1v1 is the communication. And I know that that's a struggle with esports. Well, I think a lot of people sign up and don't understand what they're getting themselves into. Okay. That's and true. Part of that so like we talked about with Alex, how we were surprised to see the, the 9v9 1v1, how there, there are no troop restrictions and things. I think one of the, one of the surprising things about the EYG uh, 1v1 is I almost feel like in a game like Clash that is so global, you need to limit time zones. Because one of the mm -hmm. things that we run into all the time in the Sons of Guns competitive team, we end up having to get matched against clans in, you know, IST or in Europe time zones. And it's challenging to find a time that works for everybody because mm. we're all working or going to class or, you know, you need 10 adults to have the same hour free when nobody has an overlapping schedule because you're not in the same time zones. Mm. And we actually signed up specifically for a competitive league that was... EST focused. <laughs> the mm. whole point of the league was that you're supposed to do your wars Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, plus or mm. minus an hour. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you the number of times that we would go to schedule our wars and the person would be like, okay, so I need to do it at 9 a.m. <laughs> and we, we were like, no. <laughs> yeah. mm. And I, I don't blame those people. I, I just think that some people don't read the fine print in the signups and they just don't understand what they're getting themselves into. You know, they see one view one and they're like, Oh, I have a town hall nine. I should sign up for that. That sounds yeah. fun. 
We also had the EYG Mixed League comps. I, I actually warred this past weekend with Frostlight with my Town Hall 11, and unfortunately we didn't win that. But the competitive feel, it, it just brought back so many memories because I'm logging in to do my attack. There are maybe 20 people online. We're all talking. We're all watching the attacks. We're watching them attack us. And it was just an experience that I loved. And I know that I'm actually uh, going to be using my 13, I think, with All Hail, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully in the future. And I know that also EYG has a few other leagues that they are entering in. There's a Town Hall 9, Town Hall 10 league that hopefully I'll get to be a part of. But uh, I guess we'll see. But SOG has entered their Town Hall 14 team. Is that the case? Right. SOG is currently in four different league comps with our 5v5 Town Hall 14 team, which is called Queen Charge to Nowhere. Um, (laughs) And that, just to add, that actually happened once. Was it PE that went to do a Queen Charge and we're sitting all there on voice? And then he was like, oh, beep. I didn't, I didn't train any healers. <laughs> I think I think it was Cole. I think oh, I think it was gosh. Cole that did it. And <laughs> just goes to show you that you can do hundreds of FCs and still forget. I one time we had a, we had a comp war, you know, early morning on a Sunday. So Saturday night, I trained my army for it, forgetting that I didn't need to do that. And then I almost did the same thing. I almost hit attack where I was like, yeah, I trained everything before. I trained everything last night. I, I changed the funnel troops that I needed to change. We're good to go. I almost hit attack. And then I looked at the comp that I had. And it was like some E-drag nonsense that I was showing somebody in Luton Grind, like how to use uh, E-drags correctly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it was very bad. And, you know, that, those things going to happen. But I, I think you're 100% right on this. There's a different feel when you have these big community organized com- competitions, right? Like it's it's next level. And one of the things that makes me sad that uh, like Supercell doesn't let you run um, friendly wars out of um, a regular clan while you're running mm. regular wars, right? I, I, it makes me sad sometimes that we have to leave and go to our comp clan in order to be able to run the F, like the friendly war, and like our clanmates don't get to see us. You know, like we, mm-hmm. we go on voice and if they want to hop on voice, like some of them do, they'll, they'll, you know, listen, they'll make suggestions and they can, you know, they're friends with us on in the game so they can watch us, mm-hmm. you know, we'll say like, okay, you know, T's going in now and then they can, they can watch us if they want. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's kind of sad. I, I wish that Supercell would take that back that you could just do friendly wars while also in normal wars like they should just like bifurcate the game and just let you do both things at the same time they're different stuff right i don't know i i, I love that feeling where you have 20 people online and everyone's mm-hmm. hyping and like someone gets a triple and everyone's cheering or someone yeah. biffs something and gets a one star and everyone's like jeering like yeah that's, oh it's, it's great it, it's, it's the best experience part, you know yeah. that's why i play clash i mean right I, I we've talked about farming before in the meditative state that it kind of induces and it, it's it's fun to farm at times but farming can get old but i don't know Mm. that competitive wars as long as you're not doing them like every other night uh like genghis khan was whenever i interviewed him several episodes ago as long as you're not doing them a ton like the experience that you have while doing a competitive war is just the best the only complaint that i would have and this is not anybody's fault at all but if you are not a town hall 14 or a max town hall 14 at least 
then it can be tough finding competitive stuff just because there's such a push at whatever the highest town hall level is. In fact, I was talking to Mark about getting my town hall 13 in on some competitive matches, and he was telling me that there was a chance that EYG might not be able to put together a team because there was nobody at town hall 13. Everybody at town hall 13 and EYG had gone up to town hall 14, and so there was this dearth of town hall 13s at that level, and all of these competitions are requiring you know four town hall 14s three town hall 13s three town hall 12s etc and it's just so difficult to find some of those lower town halls because same thing that actually happened in town hall 13's release okay yeah like six months after town hall 13 released nobody had a max town hall 12 Mm. (laughs) right because everyone that was max Hall 12 went up and everybody that was close to max to town hall 12 went up and then everyone that was, you know, Town Hall 11, they didn't necessarily want to go to Town Hall 12 and max, right? Mm-hmm. They're far enough away from max that the difference between maxing 12 and maxing 13 is, like, the same. So they, right. they wouldn't pause in 12. Eventually, it's like you get the, the much lower part of the population that's at, like, Town Hall 8, Town Hall 9, Town Hall 10. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they catch up and they get to Town Hall 12. And they're the kind of player that's playing slower um, at their own little pace and then they'll get to max town hall 12 and then maybe they might explore because now town hall 12 has kind of redeveloped its own community and it Mm -hmm. might be in mixed breakdowns it might be in town hall 12 only with you know troop or siege restrictions but it takes some time when a new town hall comes out for the second to max town hall for that population to almost come back yeah which makes sense and and i've actually kind of decided i've had five accounts for a good six months now. And it has been interesting trying to farm all five accounts and keep them upgrading, keep my builders busy. And I've done it up to this point, but now the fall is happening and my schedule's starting to get super busy. And so I don't have quite as much time. So two of my accounts are actually either max or almost max right now. My town hall nine is max and my town hall 11 is almost max. I only have a couple weeks of upgrades left. And so I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to leave them at town hall nine and town hall 11. And then I'm going to take my other three accounts and just really focus on those. I think that's a smart play because every time I've seen somebody try to get more than two accounts to be at the max town hall level, they've burnt out. Cause it's just, it's a lot of farming that's required and it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of effort. And so I think three is the most that I can handle. And that's two at Town Hall 14 and one at Town Hall 11. I do not have any intention of bringing the 11 to, to Town Hall 12. And I think I've mentioned this before on the, on the podcast. I kind of regret having two 14s. I, mm. I kind of wish I'd left you know my second account as a 13. Yeah. It's provided me additional opportunities with that other account where I can bring it to you know, a Town Hall 14 only war clan and participate there while not leaving you know like i I don't have to uh nomad with my main and -hmm. leave sons of guns without you know one of the heavy hitting accounts on it i can bring my little mini which is not necessarily going to be missed in loot and grind right and then like go visit people and go say hi and like go do wars with some friends and Mm -hmm. and do those kinds of things so it's not all bad but i'm definitely not keeping the builders busy 100% 100% on that account. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. shocking. That's not been the case for the other, you know, for 18 months when I was farming my main, 
all all 12 of my builders were busy 100% of the time 24/7 every wow. every single day. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, hopefully we can do some town hall 9, I'm sorry, some town hall 11 no siege wars because I actually watched my first no siege uh, esports competition maybe 7 or 8 months ago and I loved it. I it's yeah. very competitive. The strategies are very specific. Like yeah, exactly. And, and it's a little bit what we talked about last week is it is tough to triple at Town Hall 11 with no siege. I mean, the, the right. siege adds so much to the game. I mean, the, the most OP strategy at Town Hall 11 is witches. And if you don't have a log launcher or at least a wall wrecker, you, 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 you're not going to three-star with witches. Like, uh, unless right. the base is set up in a specific way, it's just not going to happen, which forces you to use other strategies in order to attack those bases with. 100%. And even if you can triple with witches, you actually have to use funneling and planning yeah. and jumps and wall breaks and things that are actual skill expressions where <laughs> I think you found out the hard way when you were testing your Town Hall 11 base with me. <laughs> and I just brainlessly zap witched and tripled. You know, I'm not a good Town Hall 11 player because I haven't actually really spent any time in Town Hall 11 doing war attacks. But that's not a it's not a hard attack to do. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It, there's not there's not a whole lot of like the, the margin of error is a mile wide. Yeah, true. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, after you hit those bases, we're actually going to do a listener petition to change your name to Klaus. <laughs> to Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That was from uh, I triple. I don't. Was it on um, 2.0 that I did it? I tripled the four island base with Barch because I just got so mad. Klaus, <laughs> <laughs> Klaus. <laughs> yeah. So funny. So we have a new update coming up soon. At least we think. Uh, we actually did a poll in our new Discord server, Clash Tips. If you guys aren't a member of the Clash Tips Discord server, uh, it'll be posted in the show notes. Also, it's on it's on Twitter, at TipDog20. You can go there and you can join our Discord. But did we get the results of when people thought that the next update might happen? People's predictions? Yeah. Yep. So we posted a poll with the options being September mid-CWL, September post-CWL, Late September, October mid-CWL, and October post-CWL. The most popular option, and the option that I selected, was late September. Mm. The second most uh, popular option was October post-CWL. And then the other was September post-CWL. Mm -hmm. So I actually voted for the September post-CWL. The mm -hmm. only reason that I did it, and I heard all of the points supporting the fact that Supercell has never come out with a content update ever in their history. They've only done uh, balances and what do you call it? Life, life experience changes, whatever, mm -hmm. qual quality of life, quality of life, yep. quality of life stuff. Uh, and and I, I recognize that. And I respect that decision, but also <laughs> <laughs> with all of these packs coming out, like as you pointed out earlier, that huge pack for $50 to me, that was reminiscent of when town hall 14 came out and right. they put out these huge packs with like 30 million books of heroes. I mean, right. <laughs> for a hundred bucks, I, yeah. I saw that and I immediately thought, well, at town hall 14, most people are going to have, if not already, most of their heroes already upgraded and their pets are probably, if not done, maybe close to being done. 
So that would only be tempting if they're actually coming out with a new content update where they're going to introduce new hero levels. So that's the reason why I chose the week after CWL. I, why did you choose the end of September? Kind of hedging my bets a little bit. I've been saying <laughs> for a while that September is the month, and I, I still think that's true. But then I went back and looked in the history of clan um, Clash of Clans updates, and typically... A uh, shout out to Catfish in our Discord. He mm. is correct. Typically, the September update is on a smaller scale than the October update. Now, in my defense, it's every other year we get a September update. And last mm. year we didn't get one. So this year, I still think we're going to get something. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get. I don't think we're going to get a big one. I don't think we're going to get like the sneak peek content drop where there's like a lot of stuff. I think we're. I don't know. I think we're, <laughs> I'm still surprised that we're this far into Town Hall 14 and we still don't have expo levels. Right. You know, I was going back and listening to some of our previous episodes and, you know, I, I've been harping about these expo levels since I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure you brought me on. Yeah. Like yep. the very first episode that I was on, I was saying we need these expo levels and we still don't have them. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know, man, I, I'm, I'm going to be surprised if we get no update in September. I definitely don't think it's going to happen during CWL because it's not going to be the big content drop. The only times I've really done a mid CWL update was Town Hall 13 drop, which people did not like at all. Mm, so true. Uh, I don't think they're going to repeat that. But you know, Supercell has been sneaky before. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, it's it's a tough it's a tough call to say whether it's going to be September or October. But I I think we're going to get something. I think we're going to get quality of life and a couple building levels is what i think yeah so and, and i agree with that because mckendra gaming actually had darian on his twitch channel and he actually has a youtube video up if you guys want to watch his interview with darian and darian was saying that the update is going to change the metal change the metal change <laughs> the metal i'm still thinking of the 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 barb king the uh beat king <laughs> and his right. metal guitar so yep. it's going to change the metal <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna change the meta slightly like it's only yeah. gonna change the meta a little bit so i i do agree with you that it, it's probably just gonna be a few defense changes obviously i don't think that they're gonna upgrade a new troop although i think introducing a super troop see there there's the thing i think a, you've that's the sneaky way. That's well, the sneaky super so it would give us like a new troop, right? I don't think that I don't think introducing a new super troop would necessarily change the meta a bunch. And I think right. that that still fits Darian's narrative of this next update will change the meta slightly because honestly, I think if it was just defensive buildings, if it was just the expos, just the cannons, maybe a new AD level, I, I don't even know that that would change the meta a bunch i mean dragon riders right now are overtaking the meta so much that even if ad's went up a level I, I don't know that that would stop it to be honest with you so i think that there will be a super troop introduced but i think it's going to be only a slight variation from the regular troop that could have meta inducing changes so we have some ideas on super troops that i wanted to go over but did you have anything you wanted to say about that before i start I think you got, I don't know. I think you got the little sneaky supercell plan. I, I, I didn't <laughs> so even sneaky. think of that. I did not <laughs> even think of that. That Because, you know, this whole time when Catfish pointed out and I went back and checked my math and saw, 
oh, wait, it's usually October is the big content drop. I was like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. And then I was thinking, I was like, no, they're going to have, they're going to drop something in September. But I couldn't figure out a way that they would drop something without it being, you know, a big sneak peek event, multi-day kind of event that they usually do in October. But you're right, man. That's a, that's super good. That's very super sell. That's, I, 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 now, now I'm going to be surprised if they don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> dude I, now now i'm gonna be expecting a super troop and when they don't i'm gonna be like ah oh, man me down. well so one of the biggest complaints that i've heard with players on their attacks at town hall 14 is the town hall poison and i know that we've mm. addressed it before but that town hall poison takes out so many troops and especially if you don't funnel right or if your blimp goes down early of course they made the sam change that could very easily take down blimps. People or base builders are getting better at the, I about called it a whirlwind. Um, <laughs> tornado trap. Tornado trap. Base builders are getting better at predicting where players will come in with their blimps. So they're placing their tornado trap in better spots. So a lot of casual players are being forced to bring in the main force of their army directly into the town hall so that they can at least secure the two star. And that town hall poison is tearing up troops. So I think just in my opinion, I think that supercell wants to answer that in some way. And so we've had some great suggestions. Actually, there was a good suggestion by agent 52. Uh, he said that he wants an anti-poison town hall troop. And he had thought something that may be a troop that may have armor on it. And that armor was very specifically designed so that it would protect against the poison. And the two troops that a lot of people really enjoy, well, really one troop, a second troop is, is kind of secondary to this, but is the Yeti. And we know that at Town Hall 13, Ocho Cueco was a huge part of the meta for such a, for a decent amount of time. And it was something that the casual player just really enjoyed because it gave them a chance to three-star at Town Hall 13, and they didn't have to be a pro. But then, of course, we know that they nerfed the Yetis, and of course, that style of attack didn't work as well. So I would love to see a super troop that introduces a super Yeti with armor on it. So you could spam in your Yetis, and they would be protected by armor. That armor would not necessarily do well against regular defenses, but specifically against the poison spell, it may yeah. give them total protection. Do you think that that would be something that they might introduce? As much as I might want it, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and the reason being that there's really, there's only two signature defenses in Town Hall 14 that are meta adjacent so like the <laughs> they introduced the builder the battle builders and they're bad and I, interestingly enough when we were having this conversation with ink <laughs> and some other guys the battle builders are just kind of irrelevant so if they if they do something to mitigate the poison in the town hall you've almost like taken out the entire uniqueness of town hall 14's defenses now what, what I was saying in that uh, conversation, I still think that Supercell should buff builder, battle builders by a factor of two at minimum. Like, I, I think they should just overtune the battle builders and be like, okay, we're going to make them overpowered for a little bit and then we'll lightly tap them down until they're not overpowered anymore. But right now they're 
they're essentially irrelevant. Uh, sure. We were talking to dozens of people coming in and out of various voice chats, and I kept asking them, I kept saying, how much are you taking into account the location of the battle builders when you do a hit at Town Hall 14? And not a single person was like, oh, man, it's number one. Mm. Not a single person even was like, oh, it's in the top five things that I'm looking at when I'm deciding <laughs> when and how and where to attack a base. Nobody cares. And think about that for all of the rest of the signature defenses. If you go into Town Hall 13 and you don't respect scatter shots, you're not tripling. <laughs> you might not even two-star. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Like you got to learn how to deal with scatter shots because they will murder you. Mm -hmm. And the same thing mm -hmm. in Town Hall 12. If you don't respect the Giga Poison or the Giga Bomb and the Giga Weapon, your army is going to get roasted. <laughs> so I remember the first time I attacked a Town Hall 12, I used Zap Witches because that's what I've been using at Town Hall 11. And right. the whole, the whole, all the wizard towers were up top. And so I thought, oh, this is great. So mm -hmm. I brought six bat spells. <laughs> mm -hmm. I put them mm -hmm. down on the on the back side, and of course we know with Town Hall Eleven, it's not a defense, and so I just kind of, for some reason, expected the bats to go from defense to defense to defense, and just to sail right over the top of the town hall and continue mm -hmm. down the line of defenses. And low to my horror, the bats stopped at the town hall, and then the town hall just just completely wiped them out. So right. yeah, and. I, I'm an example of that player that did not respect the defense at Town Hall 12 and the and the Gigabomb. <laughs> right. And then think about, you know, you can you can go all the way back to Town Hall 9. Think about the jump. When you were first playing and you were playing at Town Hall 8 and you were doing your dragon attacks and whatever you were doing in Town Hall 8, and you go to Town Hall 9 and you face a max Town Hall 9 with level 3 Expos, that was another beast. Mm, it's true. <laughs> Those Expos shredded your heroes. They You actually... We're like, oh man, the, the I have to think about my <laughs> approach to this base. Like, holy crap, that's that's new. <laughs> and yet, the battle builders in Town Hall 14 are utterly irrelevant, and it makes me sad because it's a neat idea of a building. So that's why I think they're not going to do anything for the poison yet. Maybe eventually, possibly, maybe they'll they'll do like a super miner that uh, isn't slowed by the poison or a super hog that it doesn't take the damage but is slowed or things like that where uh, the, the problem is right if you have a super yeti and its armor is only useful against the town hall poison then that means that only town hall 14 players get to use that super yeti mm. and so far supercell has not released a troop that's solely the realm of one town hall not saying they won't ever do it but so far every single time you've been able to donate those troops to lower town halls you've been able to train them usually at more than one town hall level you know so mm -hmm. as much as i might want to be like hey <laughs> they're they're gonna they're gonna get rid of the poison we're not gonna deal with it anymore hooray <laughs> I, I don't think it's gonna happen well okay so in my defense Mm -hmm. Clash of Clans, of course, has sister games. Clash mm -hmm. Royale is one of those games, and there are armored troops in Clash Royale. Mm -hmm. For example, you have the Dark Prince, mm -hmm. and with the Dark Prince, when he's hit, his armor falls off. And then mm -hmm. when he's hit again, I think he it's three times, if I remember right. It's been a while since I played Clash Royale. But he's hit a second time and more armor falls off. And then you have the actual Dark Prince that you can go at with whatever troop it is that you want to go at. There's also the Skeleton Guards, which was a troop that I love to play. 
because they couldn't just be zapped out. So they had three levels of armor where if you hit them with a zap, their armor would fall off. And then you could hit them again and another piece of armor would fall off. And then you were just left with the skeletons. So I love that idea where if it's like a super Yeti, they're hit one time with whatever level damage that it is and the armor falls off and then you're down to just the yeti and to me that would be beautiful if it even reset the inferno so if you Mm. had a yeti coming out at a single inferno and that inferno beam came up to a level that went through the armor then whenever the armor fell off the inferno beam would be reset so there are a lot of things that i would love to see an armored yeti right right i just don't know i'm not saying that um (laughs) i'm not saying that the armor idea is bad i like that idea i think it's neat I'm saying the specific thing to be anti-town hall poison armor. Uh, true. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I get I, your point. I get your point. So, like, I th- I think Supercell actually does kind of borrow from Clash Royale and sometimes Builder Base and mm-hmm. sometimes Ro- some of their other games for their super troop ideas yep. and their Royal Ghost. Troops. Right. Yeah, the Royal Ghost was like a straight port. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I'm not ruling that out. I think that's I think that's cool. I, it's certainly something that they could try. Maybe they might do it in a seasonal troop first to see mm. because it's it's so different from the the base game troops, right? Like so far with all of the super troops, they've essentially been a normal troop plus a spell effect of some kind for the most part, except for, I mean, the, even the Ice Hound is basically a Lava Hound plus a free spell. Yeah. So that would be a, a, a fairly significant departure from their standard. So maybe they'll come out with like an event troop first to try it out and then see how it goes and see how much it breaks everything and then see if they'll put it into a super troop. But I don't know, man. They, they've surprised me before. Uh, I had no idea that the Dragon Rider was coming. You know, like they, they're, they've got a creative team, professional designers that are going to mm-hmm. come up with stuff that we're going to enjoy, I'm sure. So I wouldn't yeah. rule that part out. I just don't think that they're going to say eliminate. It'd be like saying they're going to come out with a, a troop that's anti-scattershot. You know what I mean? Like, that, like, blocks the scattershot splash damage. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It's a unique defense of the game, and they're not going to make such a narrowly implemented troop to be like, oh, well, we heard that the, you know, scattershots were hard to deal with, so here you go. Like, that's not, they're going to say, get good, and they should. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But you know one of the one of the biggest troops that's in Clash Royale that I would love to see in Clash of Clans, it was actually my favorite troop to play in Clash Royale is the Mega Knight. I don't know if you okay. ever played that, but that's the troop where he has the spawn damage. So when you place him on the board, he slams down on the ground and destroys whatever does damage to whatever it is in a certain radius around him. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see something like a Mega Knight introduced in order to take out Clan Castle troops. Because if you have Clan Castle troops that are coming out, then maybe there's some way that you can play a Mega Knight and he can slam down on top of those Clan Castle troops. That would be really cool for me. Do you have any Clash Royale troops that come to mind that you would love to see in Clash of Clans? Well, unfortunately, I didn't play Clash Royale. <laughs> but on that on that note, so when in Town Hall 13, before the Log Launcher came out, and especially it got ramped up like higher and higher with, with levels of hype as, a, as Supercell started releasing you know, their little log hints, people were thinking that the Log Launcher was going to be a siege machine that you dropped on the corner of the base, sort of similar to the siege barracks, and then it would fire logs into the base at a certain distance, and then they would crash and like explode or or roll or do damage. Mm-hmm. And 
they weren't entirely wrong on <laughs> on what ended up happening. But I I do think that there is some kind of there there's space in the troop design for a a troop that could be deployed not on the border of the base. I think that would be an interesting thing. You'd have to limit it somehow. And I, you know, I, I don't know how you would limit it. But. Actually, actually, um, Peter on the pineapples and thorns podcast suggested the possibility of a super bowler. And mm-hmm. in, instead of the bowler throwing boulders, rocks, the bowler would actually throw something similar to the log launcher. So obviously it would have to be on a, either on a scaled down level or the bowler would have to have a lot of troop space due to the amount of damage that it could do. But mm-hmm. can you imagine a super bowler rolling out a log, opening up walls for heroes? Maybe like to me, that would be just an OP troop, a super bowler yeah. that throws log launcher logs. Yeah. That'd be insane. I think it'd be really neat. <laughs> that would be super I, cool. I'm kind of the person that's just like, yeah, whatever. I want to see the cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's worry about the balance later. Do you think I that Supercell is brave enough to do something? Because that would be seriously meta-changing. If you could open up walls with a single bowler, even if that bowler's, say, 20 troop space or 25 troop space, like that would be huge. And and in, in retrospect, too, that would be hugely beneficial to, to army compositions such as E-Drags and Valks which I know that Supercell is interested in, in buffing and getting players to use those more because if you have a bowler that can take out walls, then players are going to have to move in their buildings so that the defenses can shoot the bowler. So right. if their buildings are so far out that you can place a bowler on it and he can just freely take out walls and, and a huge portion of wherever the log rolls, then that means that you're going to have to bring in your your buildings. And as a result of you bringing in your buildings, that automatically makes Valks and E-Drags more efficient in the attack style that they use. I think that will be awesome because that, to me, meta meta changing events like that are what make the game so fun. I mean, you, you see something mm-hmm. where base builders are looking at their base, they're building them a, spe- a specific way, and it kind of gets old. We'll introduce one troop, balance them by making that troop ridiculously high on troop count, make it mm-hmm. 25, make it 30, but make it do something that will not only help queen charges and he- Sui heroes, stuff like that, but also will, as a sideline, help something like Falks out. I think if you made it beefy enough, <laughs> you would start to see bowler charges. <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be uh, awesome. Five healers on a bowler? Really, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, Because oh. if, if it could just like roll logs so into cool. the base. That yes. Would be, I mean, that yeah. would be awesome. Oh, and man. The more, we, right. the more we're like, this is awesome, the more I'm like, this is never going to happen. No, no, no. <laughs> well, and I, I I, agree because whenever the Dragon Riders come out, I mean, I was on record saying how disappointed I was because it was mm. so similar to the other troops. I mean, it right. was it was cool, but as even you said, yeah, it's a flying hog, you know? Right, exactly. So, I, and I knew exactly what the implications of them releasing that were. I was like, this is going to be an insane troop. It's, it's so fast and it's right. so strong. But... You know, is it the most fascinating thing to watch? Is it the most interesting thing to watch? Not necessarily. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm excited for a Supercell to surprise us with something because I'm sure they will. But I, I don't think we've quite nailed it yet. 
Because I, the reason I don't think we're going to get a bowler um, super troop yet is that they've hesitated to release a new bowler level. We haven't gotten one in a little bit. And usually, this is not 100% true, but usually when they release a super troop, it's with a max level troop for the current max town hall level. Mm -hmm. And then they'll back it off so you might be able to get it earlier than that, like they did with super barbs and sneaky uh, goblins and all those. Mm -hmm. But usually it's like, okay, the max town hall... 13 wizard gets super wizard and then you can train a super wizard in town hall 12 right mm -hmm. i think that's i think that's correct mm -hmm. bowlers would need to get a troop level first before they would get a super troop version and i don't think we're gonna get any troops in the september upgrade or in the september update which you know if we're being honest i think the september update it, we're gonna get quality of life change i think we're gonna get I'm still calling for an expo level, so I'm going to say we're going to get an expo level. And I think we're going to get like a minor nerf to Dragon Riders. I, I would not be surprised by that. Well, so I'm, I've heard people say that there needs to be a nerf to Dragons, not Dragon Riders. I think it was Carl both. that said that, actually. Uh, maybe both. I, I don't know. I, I haven't really seen Dragons-only attacks in Pro Wars. I've mm. seen a lot of... Hydra Bat attacks. I've seen a lot mm -hmm. of Dragon Rider attacks with a clean charge. I've seen a ton of Lalo, as usual. I've seen Pekka Smash. Uh, but I really have not seen anyone doing just a pure Dragon or Drag Bat attack. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I, I think yeah. they generally are always bringing Dragon Riders. Mm. So I don't think necessarily that Dragons are the problem. Uh, they might be. Maybe we nerf um dragon riders and then you just realize oh hey i didn't actually need the dragon riders i'll just use the regular dragons and i'll be fine i don't think that's going to be the case i think that if you nerf dragon riders even a little bit you're going to get that kind of knock-on effect that riot has mastered in league of legends what, like one of the, the cleverest things that i've ever seen in game balancing is riot has kind of mastered the group think balancing method where They'll take a champion that's overperforming and they will give them an insignificant nerf, like an utterly irrelevant nerf. If you know anything about League of Legends, they'll take like five damage off the base damage of a hero. It's utterly meaningless. But because that hero shows up in the nerf portion of the patch notes, people uh, stop playing that hero. That's so interesting. I've never heard that before. Right. And they do the opposite too. When they have a hero where they know that this champion is good, they know that this champ is um, solid and could be in the meta and could be used well and people should play it because they've done a rework or they've just done the math or they've, their internal testing is just saying that this champion is better than people are giving credit. They'll do the same thing. They'll be like, I get 10 mana, which mm. is entirely irrelevant it doesn't even give you an extra cast of a spell you know what i mean like it's right it, it's as if they said okay a level 80 archer queen has one more hit point <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, right. and, uh, meaningless but because it's in the buff portion of the patch notes more people start using that champion and then all of a sudden that champion's win rate improves because yep. more people are giving them a chance yeah it's a limbing effect Right. Yeah, definitely. I, and so I think that's kind of what we'll we'll see. We'll see like a small hit point nerf to Dragon Riders, and maybe that will encourage people to use other strategies. Well, too, I think that Supercell's tried this. I don't know that they've done it to much effect because they gave Valks, what, 50 more hit points? <laughs> and that's then Valkyries. That's uh, Valkyries, man. True. That doesn't count. Valkyries are terrible. <laughs> well, they've been well, terrible forever. Well, so I have another example. So whenever they okay. introduced Town Hall 14, mm -hmm. they 
added one troop to the clone spell. Mm-hmm. Although I guess you are seeing clone use. I, I guess you are seeing the uh, what do you call it? Where you the four clone dragon hydra uh, whatever it's called the the four clone i'm gonna balloon out half the base i Mm. I guess that one uses a lot of clone but uh, so i guess that i mean that one took a while too because they released that extra clone level and nobody did anything with it yeah nobody did anything well well to be fair i know itsu and carbon and a couple other guys eric from one hive they Mm -hmm. all put out videos where they're like Oh, this could be interesting. I know Itsu really tried to make the super minion clone blimp. I thing. remember watching that. Yeah. And it's neat. It works sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. it took a little while. And I think part of the problem is in a game like Clash of Clans versus League of Legends, when Clash of Clans says, hey, we're going to we're going to slightly buff a Valkyrie you have to figure out so many additional things in order to use the Valkyrie that it's not as easy as just saying, oh, you know what? I'm going to try Valks this today mm, on my true. Legends hits. Yeah. you got to figure out, well, where am I going to deploy them? Because if you're not practiced with the Valkyries, you have no idea how to use them. You know, and you might not even have them leveled up. Like mm-hmm. on all of my accounts, Valkyries and Golems are the yeah. last two things that I level up. So Guilty, guilty. Yeah, right? Like yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> Something's got to go. <laughs> so we'll talk about that on the on the rush episode i'm sure but <laughs> think about that right like league of legends if you've played some of those champions your skills transfer fairly well to other champions not 100 percent, and especially not with some of the weirder ones that they have but if league of legends says hey rise is good so, uh, all of a sudden uh, rise being one of the champions you might say you know what i'm gonna go into the non-ranked form of the game that doesn't track my stats and I, I don't care if i win or not or i'm gonna go into the bot version which is even less important right even less relevant and i'm gonna practice the mechanics of this thing repeatedly over and over again and then i'm gonna bring it into the real game and see how it goes mm. and it's just it's just your time in one thing and you still have your your fallbacks whereas like clash like you might look at that buff to valkyries but my va- valkyries are level one it's gonna take me <laughs> eight weeks to get them to max that's true (laughs) screw that i'm gonna wait until a youtuber tells me if it's good or not (laughs) so another big change that we discussed actually and i think we discussed it quite a bit in voice chat the other night obviously supercell has an issue with this hundred building hundred percent one building per percent thing and we had discussed the possibility of having troops come out of the barracks so Obviously, you can defensivize, def- defensivize more buildings, mm-hmm. but a really cool option that I think could be introduced to the game that maybe Supercell would consider is obviously you have skeleton traps uh, where the skeletons will pop up and then the queen charge or whatever has to deal with those. But what if you allowed the barracks to house a certain type of troop and maybe only five a housing space of that troop. So you could choose five barbarians. You could choose two archers and three barbarians uh, and you have four barracks. So that would essentially be 20 possible troops coming out at you. And it would essentially act as kind of an extra clan castle. Do you think that that would be too much going on? And do you think that would be too damaging to the meta if Supercell did decide to do something like that? So I think it would be more along the lines of the guard post from builder base. If they were right. going to implement something okay. like that, it's true. 
one of the problems that Supercell talks about uh, about player experience and traps and in specific is that if the traps are too strong, the player experience is gets like tanked, right? It's mm-hmm. it's. I think you actually brought this up in a previous episode, or maybe it was on the voice chat, where you were saying that it feels really if you plan an attack for an hour and then you go in and then one trap just blows up the whole attack. Yeah. Especially if it's a trap that you can't predict. You know, in Town Hall 9, for example, I I thought trying to predict and see where the double giant bombs were was... Yes. That was a fun that part of the game. That was super fun. Cool. It was a huge part of the game. Because right. we would if sit down do and... That. Yeah, we would sketch out our attacks and we would say, okay, we would circle spots. Okay, right. there are possibly double giant bombs here and here and here mm-hmm. and here. And mm-hmm. there's a possibility that the opponent, whenever they built a base, they only put one. They only put single giant bomb, uh, giant bombs and they put double giant bombs over here. So yeah, that was a hugely fun part part of the of the game right and i i think an underutilized tool in supercell's toolbox is to make the traps odd shapes and i know i know when i mentioned it with pe and you maybe i used the wrong size (laughs) but i think it's a imagine if you had a a, a trap that was four by one that would be cool or trap that was like x-shaped or a trap that was round or uh, yeah no that's so many different things that you could make traps interactable by how they had to get fit into the buildings of the of the base right so i think that's one of the that's one of the issues with the tornado trap as you Mm -hmm. it's it's impossible to predict and you can't say oh it's likely here here i mean you can kind of pick out okay i see how the base is laid out there's a good chance it's here here but with Mm -hmm. something like that like if you had a five by one trap as a base builder, you're kind of stuck. You're, you're not going to be able to have too many spots on the base where you can put a four by one or a five by one trap, at least in mm-hmm. a place that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I love that idea. I mean, or, or having a, a star shaped trap or like, I think that that's genius. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Supercell, I will idea. accept the uh, design credits <laughs> and the, the revenue generations. The fee. Uh, <laughs> the, the I'm reachable on social media. Uh, the the TV. Sorry, the TP, the T design fee. Um, I, I'm available for consulting at any time. Kind of circling back to the barracks idea. The problem with that is if you made it another clan castle, you're making the average player have a worse experience and probably not changing anything for the pro player. Mm. You're not going to make like the pro meta any different unless you massively warp the amount of troops that could be in that barracks right. and make it completely unpredictable but if you think about it like okay five barbarians are, are in the each of the barracks what does that do mm-hmm. <laughs> does it does it stop any troops probably not what yeah. about like a wizard and a barrack a wizard and a barbarian well think about how often wizards are put into a, a clan castle almost never the reason being is that people have tried it and it has been batched mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think having like little mini clan castles is the way to go I think maybe you could do it, like, one of the other ideas I had was instead of necessarily just buffing the battle builders to be, you know, doubly as effective, if you could tie specific effects to specific battle oh, builders. Specific so you had defenses, yes. So you'd have five unique battle builders. And maybe only one of the battle builders heals, but the one that heals is way better. Like, it's it's like a healing spell worth yeah. of 
You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then you have one that's like a cannon, but not like the cannons we have, like an actual shipboard cannon that's launching like the like the um giant cannon from battle uh battle base mm-hmm. uh, builder base right you, you know what i mean you could have you could have um one that's insane air defense and then all of a sudden your signature defense went from ah, it's kind of like a the archer tower all of a sudden now you got to be like okay well where do they place these unique builder bases like i have builder huts like i gotta i gotta look at the base and determine where those are and if you did that and added a couple weird shaped troops, all of a sudden base ID becomes a skill again. And it mm. becomes, you can't just throw dragon riders into the mix and just be like, eh, whatever, I'll figure it out. Well, it would also introduce huge amount of variety in the game. Right. Cause if you had one battle builder that helped with damage per second and another battle builder that did healing, you know, I, and another that did splash and another yes, that did air. And that another would be that amazing. Did, or like a, one that had a slowing effect. So that you could put that on an area where someone else might want a queen charge. Well, if your queen gets slowed, we've seen how effective slowing effects are on heroes because the headhunters, you know, if you don't, Mm -hmm. you have to essentially instant freeze headhunters or instant poison headhunters or instant rage your queen if you're queen charging and you see headhunters Mm -hmm. almost immediately because the queen is neutered while she's doing that. Right. So... You know, you could you could have something that's like, okay, well, we've understood, we we understand that the heroes are a giant portion of the Town Hall 14 meta because maybe they released too many bad levels. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who can say? Mm-hmm. But um, it would be a way to combat it without directly nerfing it. Well, and you, you know what would be super cool too is if only the base builder could see what effect they were giving that specific battle builder. So yeah, until if, it got tripped or whatever. Right, exactly. So if you're looking at the base, you see five battle builders on the base, but you don't know which one slows. You don't know which one heals and what effects have been placed on which. So it it to me that would that be that one I'm I'm 50-50 on that one because that's going to that's going to go back into that bad player experience. Right. And that was my next point. Traps. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be interesting. Well, so something I want to go over real quick because we're almost out of time. Uh, we mm. had a, a really great discussion the other night about the meta and how at Town Hall 14, it really seems to have shifted from being a troop-based meta at maybe Town Hall 12 and below to Town Hall 13 kind of making the change and definitely in Town Hall 14 where it has essentially become a hero-based meta. And in okay. a lot of these pro attacks, what we're seeing is not overpowered i mean you're seeing overpowered troops and that's what everybody's complaining about with the dragon riders but you're also seeing this huge uh divide between pro players and casual players and Mm -hmm. we were talking and we think that the reason is because there's a mind shift whenever you get to town hall 14 you're used to your dragons taking out the the biggest portion of the base and maybe your heroes just take out the town hall or they just do a dive on a few mm-hmm. important defenses when at town hall 14 you really have to do a mind shift and realize that at town hall 14 you have to get a ton of value with your heroes in order to three star are you seeing that a lot at Town Hall 14? And what would you have to say about the lack of a troop-based meta and the development of a hero-based meta? I am seeing a ton of it. And when you watch a pro hit, you can... Not necessarily 100% of the time because the meta is what the meta is. Uh, but most of the time, when you see a, a pro and they make a mistake and they 
say dive their king into a single inferno or you know that that rarely happens but mm. i saw a couple hits on the clash masters final where someone queen charged and cleared out the town hall compartment of everything but the town hall and then broke their queen into an adjacent compartment and then dove the king directly into the town hall which when i saw it i was like huh that's that's neat. That's like a good idea. So then the queen doesn't have to deal with the poison. That mm -hmm. makes sense. But that's all they got with the king. And the two times that the clan did that attack, they didn't triple. Because mm -hmm. that's the only value they got with the king was the town hall. Because they spent so much time clearing the, the compartment with the queen, it's not like the king did all of that. He right. only got the town hall. And it's it's funny how much you can watch the pro hits and see, wow, this guy didn't get anything with his sui. You know, mm -hmm. or his RC got tripped up on three skeleton traps and she only got two buildings. Mm -hmm. You can almost instantly predict that they're not going to triple or that they're going to triple, but it's going to be close. Whereas when you watch the pros who are using their heroes effectively to their highest efficiency and their highest value, they're tripling with a minute and a half on the clock. It's almost yeah. like the, the troops don't matter. And it's because they don't. And honestly, I think that was my biggest argument when we were talking about whether or not Dragon Riders needed a nerf. My biggest argument for why they don't need a nerf is because the troops are irrelevant in Town Hall 14. Mm -hmm. It doesn't yep. matter. You're using them as cleanup. Mm -hmm. If you've done the attack correctly to the point where you're deploying your troops, the troops should just float through the base. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there there right. shouldn't be anything left for the, the troops to deal with because your heroes murdered everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think... What, one of the other things I was saying is if we got ground troop upgrades, if if the ground troops were also upgradable to the max level for Town Hall 14, I think we would see a bigger variety of troops, but I think we would still see these heroes taking up a minute of the attack or more, sometimes mm -hmm. even two minutes of the attack before they deploy anything. But that's, that's because the heroes are so strong, which is... Yeah. Back in, going back to my uh, battle builder comment, if you had battle builder, you know, uniqueness and you made a couple of them anti-hero, well, if you reduce the power of the heroes, you bring up the relevance of the troops, and then we can actually see if dragon riders are OP or not, mm -hmm. and we could actually see some variety in the attacks, and then that gives the the base builders more tools to work with, and all of a sudden you have a much healthier meta that's not. Um, well, it's Queen Charge Dragon Riders. Right. It's hybrid or tribrid yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. That's a really interesting way to balance the heroes. I mean, because we both talked about what is Supercell's reasoning for making the heroes so powerful. I mean, mm -hmm. they're essentially the ones who have developed this meta so that the heroes are so overpowered, so much so that somebody like Klaus can take out literally 80% of the base with just their heroes funneling troops, a few uh, ice golems you know, and some invisibility spells, a few rages, and that literally 80% of the base is, is gone. And mm -hmm. and we can conjecture... Master on, of the cleanup Lalo. Right, exactly. So we can conjecture on the reasoning, whether it's a financially based uh, reason for focusing on the heroes, because that's typically what people gem finished, or mm -hmm. if it's because they, they want the players to become skilled with using their heroes. I, I don't want to think the worst, but how it affects the game in, in such a unique and, and intense way. I think whenever we were talking about it the other night, that's what really opened up my eyes to my Town Hall 13 attacks because it mm. really starts to come true at Town Hall 13 where you're sending in your heroes and you can't just 
you can't just clear the side buildings with your king. Like you have mm -hmm. to consider breaking him into a compartment and having him get some key defenses or the queen or the RC. And if you're not going to do a queen charge you, and you're going to sue your queen in, like you have to have a purpose for it. She can't just get right. a couple barracks and a few gold mines and then maybe an archer tower, a cannon, and then die to a scatter shot. Like right. if that's what's happening to my attacks, then I'm not going to be tripling and I'm going to see my triple rate go way down. But that is even more right. true at Town Hall 14. And it was a hugely well, eye-opening moment for me. Yeah, and the funny thing is, if I had written my rush guide before Town Hall 13 released, which I didn't, and I'm very grateful for because I don't have that much updating to do for it. If I had written it then, and you can probably go back on my Reddit profile and read some of the posts that I was writing while I was still in the process of getting to Town Hall 12 max, which, you know, at the time was the max. And I would tell people all the time, your king is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It, he'll catch up eventually. Just work on your Archer Queen, work on your Grand Warden, and, you know, throw levels to the Barbarian King as Dark Elixir Overflow Control. Now, <laughs> mm. in my Rush Guide, I say, you know, he's not the priority. Your Queen and your Grand Warden are higher priorities, but you cannot neglect the king, especially if you want to be able to triple at Town Hall 13 and above. Because exactly like what you said, if you had told me in 2019 fall that I would be bringing Super Wallbreaker specifically for my Barbarian King, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, nah, you, you're, you're joking. Hey, the big Pekka, I don't have to break him in anywhere. He's just the funnel troop. He <laughs> doesn't Pekka. matter, right? <laughs> yeah. and now it's like you you watch pro attacks. They will purposefully funnel their king, which is what? Like yeah. nobody, who used next to level. funnel their king? Next level, yeah. Right? Nobody used to funnel their king. And then they super wall break him into a specific compartment and let him take out a you know chunk of 15% of the base. Mm-hmm. And you look at that attack, and you're like, wow, is their king smarter than mine? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's because they identified that the king could take that compartment. And so they funneled him correctly. They broke him into the wall, and they brought him there. And that's the difference between, you know, casual players who are tripling kind of by accident. Um, you know, I was watching McKenzie's uh, stream the other night, and he was watching an amateur war. And it was funny to watch their attacks because, they, number one, they looked much more similar to my attacks. And I was like... <laughs> I've made those mistakes uh, before, buddy. Yep. I, I know that feeling. <laughs> and I would watch. And after having that conversation with you guys, I was watching through the very specific lens of well, how much value are they getting out of their heroes? And it was wild to see how little value they were getting mm. from their Sui portion or their dive portion or their funnel or their king. And then you go and watch a pro war and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. This is the difference. This is the mental mind switch that you need to make is your heroes are your troops like <laughs> yeah. your heroes is they are your attack you, right you that's your, your heroes army. and then what are what are what troops are you using to support your heroes and and at, at the right. back end right like what's your funnel what's your cleanup and like what's your uh, i'll get 20 percent with <laughs> and yeah. everything else is going to your heroes well you know? so that that also kind of makes me think that maybe supercell's really trying to focus on this esports idea mm -hmm. you were talking about league of legends and how certain i don't know what what do you call them heroes in league of legends 
but champions, but for yeah. certain champions in League of Legends, like how you use your champions determines how good of a player you are, and that those mm-hmm. skills transfer across different types of champions. So mm-hmm. maybe the reason why Supercell is placing such a focus on overpowered heroes is because they want to go down the road of kind of an RPG in a way. I, I, obviously, this isn't an RPG in the sense of like World of Warcraft or something like that. But still, if you have four troops and that's essentially all you have to take out a base, you're going to have to use those troops very strategically. And then you mm-hmm. can, you know, the troops are kind of an afterthought from that right. sense. Do you think it might be related to the esports realm? Yes and no. I think people love to see the crazy sueys and the crazy dives, and I think it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. How much that was on purpose? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not privy to the Supercell design room. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's difficult to say because people also, like, if you see every single person is doing a 70% of the base Sui, then that robs that from being a special event. The reason a 70% yeah. Sui is cool and different and exciting is because it's hard to do and not everybody can do it. Not everybody does do it, mm. <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's, it's a question where if they put so much power into the heroes and not into the troops, well, the lab upgrades are, really long (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of effort and so it's kind of devaluating devaluing there we go okay it's (laughs) you you have the same issue i did earlier (laughs) right (laughs) it's uh devaluing a giant chunk of the progression that you've put towards your account so i i think it's kind of sad and i i my opinion is that they just haven't figured out a defensive punch to meet the strength that they've added with the the pets and heroes Mm. you know and like that's the same thing that happened in tunnel 13 they introduced a new hero that was defense targeting with a ton of hit points and a ton of hit point regen and a defense seeking damaging ability right like the world champion is insane that's Mm -hmm. a if they released a troop that did half the crap that she does everybody would be like this is the most insane troop ever you know what i mean so them trying to fit that into the existing defensive structure of the game i can understand why it was hard to, to balance town hall 13 and then kind of the same thing in town hall 14 where they didn't introduce a big defense and that's why we're still kind of in the same space we were in in town hall 13 because they haven't really come up with an answer to the heroes and maybe the answer is we need a fourth inferno mm, maybe the answer is we need like a, a hero trap that's mm-hmm. specific to heroes. That only oh that's interesting yeah yeah the, the battle builder idea again right exactly something something that could blunt the force of the hero vanguard and make it so that your troops were more important um, because i think that's important especially if darian's talking about town hall 15 and town hall 15 brings us another hero mm, yeah <laughs> he is, did say that right you know odd level town halls gets heroes so if they're gonna keep that up then well, if I have five heroes, you're going to need to do something defensively so that it's not just bananas, you know? Mm. Wow. So we have come up with a ton of stuff this episode, and it went way farther than I was expecting. But, man, (laughs) as always. That's the typical thing, you know? You get me talking about (laughs) Clash, and I can't shut up. 
Typical. So a quick shout out. I wanted to, to shout out Sub JD, who's been an SOG. He actually joined about, about the same time that I did, but he is actually going to be going red after the CWL to be getting his master's. And he was actually with me and, and Hizzle and Iron Wolves. So we've known each other for a long time and he's a faithful listener and I wanted to shout him out. Uh, did you have Amen. any closing thoughts? My closing thoughts are, I hope I'm right about a September update. <laughs> man, Catfish had me second-guessing myself, and I, I was nervous. And then I, the whole time, I'm like, oh, man, I am on record now. I can't just be like, quietly just forget and pretend that I never said it. Like, no, I'm on record saying that there's going to be a September update. <laughs> well, so I hope so, man. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, next week is our Hitchhiker episode. We are actually going to have Carl and C-Note from Crystal to join. T and I are actually over there in their one of their clans right now doing CWO with them. So look mm-hmm. for that next week. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. Don't forget that you can join our recently launched Discord server. It's the Clash Tips Discord. The link will be in the description. Mm-hmm. It's rapidly growing. It's got a great community of already proficient clashers, including podcasters, casual people, people from EYG, people from, you know, our all of our walks of Clash of Clans life. And we'd love to have you there. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully we'll see you there.